Is, uh, is there a problem, officer? Yes, you've got a noise complaint. Hello, everybody. How's it going? You've got it tuned to CITR 101.9 FM broadcasting live from the University of British Columbia, which is situated on the ancestral territory of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Noise Complaint. My name is Jasper. I have two special guests in studio. I have uh, Sarah Jickling of Sarah Jickling and her good bad luck. How are you, Sarah? I'm great. Thanks for having me. And we also have Allison Klein of the Accessibility Collective in studio. Hi, Allison. Hi, Jasper. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> nice to have you. Nice to have you guest hosting with me on Noise Complaint. Yeah, it's so much fun. Um, we're here today to explore Sarah's new record. Uh, it's called The Family Curse. It comes out November 8th. There's a show at the Roxanne Room. You know what? Venue change. Oh, it's venue actually change. at the review stage at Granville Island. Oh, that's so schmancy. It is, yeah. I love that room. But I'm going to have like lots of comfy blankets just in case people feel like it's too fancy, you know? Like It's such a great room, though. Yeah, it's. I'm really excited. For everyone who uh, who may not be familiar with the room, it's on Granville Island. Um, it was taken over by the Redgate Art Society yes. a couple of years ago. It's a beautiful little... Uh, maybe eight eighty seat soft seater, mm-hmm. uh, excellent venue to take in a show. Super comfortable. Um, that's super exciting. Super yeah. ex- accessible. Um, I think so. It's pretty good, right? Yeah, as far as I understand, and good, good on you. I need to double check on that one. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just like right across from the backstage lounge, I believe. Right across, yeah. And um, yeah, it's really small and and. Uh, nice. It's, I'm really excited. I honestly, I'm happy that the, the venue changed, even though the venue has changed three times. Oh, really? <laughs> but uh, that's you know, it's Vancouver. It's Vancouver. I guess. Yeah. There's um yeah there's there's not a lot of places to go, and if something falls through, you're uh, you're kind of yeah in a tough spot. Um, Sarah, well we we have so much to talk about, and we have so much music to listen to, but um maybe we could start. You could tell us a little bit about how this album started yes so um i live with bipolar disorder type 2 um an anxiety disorder uh you know i'm kind of a, an activist as well as a musician um sure. uh and so when i went through kind of like my I, what you would maybe say is like my recovery stage but basically going on medication um, I stopped being able to write. And I know that Kanye West has actually talked about this recently as well and about how medication makes it so much hard to write, so much harder to write. Um, and just like I thought maybe I would never write a song again. It was, I think, a couple of years when I, that I was just not writing anything. Wow. Um, and so then, then I... Um, I was on a trip with my father and I came back um, and I uh, talked to my good friend and I said, you know, like <sighs> so much has happened in my in my childhood that I can't talk about in my, you know, current family relationships that I can't talk about. And things are happening now that I feel like need to be expressed. And it was just a really big reminder to be with with my family for a couple of days um and and she said you know like I can't really relate unfortunately but why don't you write a song about it and mm-hmm. I was like oh yeah I'm a musician <laughs> um and I 
started writing and then suddenly I could write songs again. And so as as difficult as it is to write a song or write songs about your family and maybe sharing some family secrets and, you know, making some people unhappy, this was what I needed to write. I couldn't write anything else. And and one one thing that my mom said when I eventually told her, you know, I wrote this album about my our family and the trials and tribulations that we've had. Um, she said, like, what? But why do you have to release it? Why do you have to let other people know? Mm-hmm. Um, this is this should be between us. Um, and I said, well, if I don't release this, I'm not going to release anything else because I'm not going to write anything else. I can't write about breakups, you know, right now. Sure. That's not what my brain wants. So so this was kind of like the floodgates opening back up um, and me being able to create things that I guess my I felt were important enough that I worked through all the side effects of the medication and and actually learned how to create while medicated and stable. Sounds like there like it's almost a therapeutic thing. Yes, absolutely. It it was this it, writing the album has really made me um uh it, it has uh, to be honest like I've I've stopped having certain dreams and 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 certain you know actual actual things that maybe would be attributed to borderline or, or PTSD, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you, literally this album writing, it was a treatment <laughs> and it worked. And I, I mean, you just described um, two different stages of difficulty for the first being um, overcoming the, the effect of your drugs and, and starting to write again and then presenting it to the people that, are in your life and and bringing it to them and sort of having those conversations about the work and your relationships um i, I wonder if 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 you were able to, to get and maybe this is too personal but please let me know if it is uh, if the people in your life have are, are they comfortable with it now like after do they understand why the album needs to come out no yeah. so i i spent maybe a year preparing my family for this release I even before some of the songs were written actually I I just thought okay I don't want to just drop this and and just leave you guys I mean a big part of it is my family is very supportive and um they help me stay alive they they're they're a really important part of my life and so I said you know I don't want to just you know end end everything and just kind of throw this bomb in our family and then walk away. Sure. So, you know, I took both my parents to therapy, to separate therapists. I, I tried really, really hard. (laughs) Um, and at the end of the day, I tried as hard as I could to explain to them why I was doing this, explain to them that I don't blame them for anything. I just need to get it out. Um, and so, but, you know, it's really hard to change, uh, old, old ways that people have, you know, been dealing with trauma. So whether that's just denial, that's, you know, a very popular one. Um, and my parents weren't able to let go of the denial. So I, at this point, um, 
I, they don't, you know, yeah, they don't really support it, which is, uh, I kind of, I guess, just part of being an artist. There's this, there's this song by Lord. I was watching her live, um, and she's one of my favorite artists. And and it goes, I bet you rue the day you kissed a writer in the dark. And I thought, I just burst out in tears because I thought my parents, they didn't know that they were gonna you know, give birth to a writer. They didn't make this yeah. choice. Yeah, yeah. But here I am and I have to do this. And so yeah. it's been tough. Um yeah, Joan Didion said something similar. Yeah. Um about well, people well people who write such as yourself, uh people who write about their lives that so explicitly um face this a lot. Yes. Um but I, I think I I question often whether or not people, artists, get to choose what they write about or what's, you know, the subject of their work. Right. For a lot of folks, perhaps they, they have that freedom. A lot of a lot of other writers maybe don't. Um, like, the songs are the songs. You, you, you write the songs that you write, and you don't necessarily get to decide, like, what is pertinent to your... Um, to yourself in that in that time you know like your your psyche's not like um doesn't necessarily give you the freedom to be like well i just want to write about like having a good time or write about yeah. you know breakups like you said mm-hmm. you know I, especially yeah if that's... you haven't had a breakup in a while <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's with like a lot of things like my my with my master's degree i'm inspired by my disabilities sure. my dual dual diagnoses how do we make people better mm-hmm. and more accessible? Yeah. And yeah. that little spark of inspiration, not only for artists, but for like people in academia and where do you work? Yeah. And you know, and just even adding to that, people with disabilities, um, that extra thing, when you have a spark of inspiration that's going to propel you forward you have to take it because there's so few things that propel you forward. You kind of like walking through quicksand um, in terms of, you know, getting things done and like being what some people might see as a productive human. So sure. Yeah. No, I, I, I I take your point. I mean, I, I, can you imagine once this, once these, those gates are opened and you're writing again and you, and you don't write those, if you don't write those songs, like what happens then? Yes. You, You know, is that better? Is that, that, than writing difficult songs that have you know may, that may 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 hurt people in your life in the short term. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know. And there's um, maybe I'll talk about it a little bit later. But I was very inspired by Lemonade, um, Beyonce's Beyonce. album, yeah. uh, because I I saw it as her, you know, ex- expressing you know her pain and anger at her husband and then by the end of the album she's reconciled with him sure and we go through a journey and so i planned that i would write a forgiveness song by the end of the album and let me tell you the album does not end on a forgiveness song but i really <laughs> wanted to that was your that was your intention at the yeah time. i really wanted i thought by the end of this I, I'll we'll be closer. It will just it'll be just sure. like Jay Z and Beyonce, and I will write a super great forgiveness song. Yeah, well, I wrote something else. <laughs> yeah, but maybe maybe you can you know the forgiveness part comes on the next record. Yeah, when when they see that 
when they come around, mm -hmm. you know. Um, okay, well that was that was a pretty solid introduction to um, to the record. Do, do you want to do you want to kick it off with the song? Sure, that yeah. sounds great. What what do you want everybody to hear first? I mean, so the first song on the record is the first song I I wrote, the yes. the one that really started everything off. Um, it's called Saint, and it's basically my I'm 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 getting it all out there. Something that my sister said when some someone messaged some from someone from the family messaged my sister and said, "Is this true? Is this song true?" She said, "Yes. It none none of it is a metaphor. Everything is literally true because that's right. how I write. Sure. So this is really just like me getting everything out there. Um, and this song was written just like in in a whirlwind of of emotions and also of relief of finding finally being able to." talk about my father and also being able to talk about or sorry being able to actually write a song i see so this is the, this is your big return to songwriting mm -hmm. that kicked off the whole thing yes okay great well uh here it is this is saint by sarah jickling and her good bad luck
That was Saint by Sarah Jickling and her good bad luck. The uh, the opener from her new record, The Family Curse. Um, who did you had you had some collaborators on that tune, yeah? Yes, um, that song was produced by Harley Small. Oh, great! Um, and I had um, Carolyn Quinn uh, in for vocal production, helping me kind of find new parts of my voice. Um, and and uh, the violin, um, the violin parts are by my partner Greg McLeod. And um, are those? Do those folks sort of consistently contribute to the rest of the record, or sporadically in and out? Uh, yeah, sporadically in and out. This this record took um, many twists and turns. Uh, so there's, I mean, Greg McLeod, who's kind of my support person. He's there. He's in the album the whole time, but the producers change and and the players change. Um, so you're, but but I thought that actually worked really well because it is kind of like the whole a whole journey. So it, I didn't really need to have it have a really cohesive. Sure. Sound. Yeah. Sure. And it, correct me if I'm wrong, but you do a lot of the production work yourself. I I do a lot of production right? work. Yeah. yeah I. Um, I'm very, I don't want to say I'm a control freak. I have lots of ideas. Well, that's, it's okay <laughs> to be a control freak if you make, when you're making records. I think it's yeah. pretty common. So, um, so yeah, I'm definitely one of those artists who is super involved with everything. And um, I, basically, I'm sure if I understood how to do everything myself, I probably would. But fortunately I can't <laughs> because otherwise I would just probably drive myself crazy. So I really need other people. And, and it's been helpful in sure. terms of like, especially with, I even had songwriters work with me on some of the other songs, which was a first for me um, just to help me finish it. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, lots of new experiences on this one. Uh, those fresh perspectives are, are really good. Yes. You know, you just have to be, you just have to have the courage to let people in at the yeah. right time. You yeah. Know? Um, although I must say, like, I've over the years, I've as I've seen you perform, um, in the more recent instances, you've been doing more and more yourself. Like I've I've seen you perform, like you've been adding lots of um, electronic elements to your to your setup, and that lets you do a lot of this like solo. Yes. Uh, I, what's your live setup like these days? So um, yeah, I do. I perform with my laptop with my tracks um some of them were created by me some of them were created by greg some of them were created by the producer um and i i i have like a harmonizer pedal uh as my you know backing vocals yeah, sure, sure. and um and and then uh, my partner greg he he usually um comes along as well and plays violin and yeah. and trombone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um He's but talented. but I uh I have done some shows just by myself as well and and when I started doing solo stuff, I guess you could say like I kind of was always you know the I kind of always felt a little bit like a solo artist because I was the one who was the most invested in in yeah. all my projects, but but when I really did things by myself I was a little bit afraid that I wouldn't be able to take up the whole stage and to like really claim it on my own but um it, now I feel 
I feel like this setup works much better than any other setup that I've had. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'd love to, you know, add extra musicians um, when I when I can, but I can't necessarily afford that. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. But my ideal would maybe be to tour with two people um, okay. uh, and have like, you know, some maybe like a bass and synth player and then have Greg on violin. Yeah. Uh, I that would that would be ideal um just to have friends up there that's i was just gonna say just it's, just for the company it's lonely oh, I'm, i can't yeah ugh, my I, first solo show is like oh my god i'm so lonely well especially after you know after your the ols where uh-huh. you were you were a group of quartet i believe and yet changed throughout the time but yeah yeah, sure, yeah. Sure. um but uh, but i was i started writing music and performing music as a duo so with my best friend in high school so i never ever performed anything by myself so it was um yeah it was it was scary for sure it's scary and i i can also imagine it being scary when you're sort of at the helm of like a huge rig with lots of interconnected pieces um that can i mean you can misfire you know oh yeah and like i feel i feel sorry a little bit for the people who were in my um in, in my band before actually because having someone who's supposed to be the leader who is also an unmedicated bipolar person is a mess <laughs> and right. so, so so i feel a little bit better like if okay maybe i drop my laptop but like <laughs> i'm not breaking anybody's heart i'm not letting anybody yeah. down yeah. except myself <laughs> yeah (laughs) is that what you're like it's like for you jasper when you're performing on your own well uh it can be very nerve-wracking yes um but i i i so i I very much relate to that but i i very i more relate to the the stress of being sort of in the driver's seat of of an ensemble it's a lot of pressure um you know and i i I don't want to speak for you sarah but I, i i i always felt like um, I would take on the emotion. I would take everything on myself. I would feel personally responsible for how everyone else felt, mm-hmm. at, at, like at all times, which is is difficult to do, especially difficult if you're at all like emotionally compromised yourself. It's just like not a healthy situation. So, yeah, I can I can imagine how difficult it was, you know, when you were really struggling with your mental health to yeah. be also sort of emotionally responsible for. The success of this group yeah just, and i and i do have to like give a shout out to my bass player um of, for he played with the Owls for for quite a while after my um my original band kind of had a falling out mostly due to mental illness issues sure. um chris king chris he king. he was he was my he was my bass player he never left and he was kind of like i don't know what i would have done without him because he was the adult in the room and okay. <laughs> and he was just, he made sure things happened because you know I would sometimes show up to rehearsal and l- lie on the ground and be like I can't move today sorry I see. Yeah. and uh, he would get everybody else to lie on the ground and that was our our alter ego band the stargazers that's that's a great story. He got everyone on your level. Yeah, he and he's so he was so understanding and so patient which was like really, really awesome. I I remember Chris being a pretty upbeat guy. Yeah, he's very upbeat. Is he still? Uh, he had like a sort of a 
it was like a funk or a rock gabilly kind of outfit the king something yeah yeah uh the maneuver. The maneuver. His last name yeah. is King, right? Yeah. So, like Mr. King is like his. <laughs> That's his thing. His is he thing. still doing it? Yes. Oh, he has well. a show tonight. Oh, great! Well, shout out to the to to Chris yeah. King. Where's the show? I think it's at the backstage lounge. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, Sarah. Let's do another tune. Okay. So what are we doing next? Um, I think we should play the curse because there is a real, <laughs> real. There is a curse behind this whole album okay um so this 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 song was very cathartic to write about and it's the one that i think i want my relatives to listen to the most okay well i hope they're listening this is the curse listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of 
the Hunkamenum speaking Musqueam people. Now the patriarchy is dead, and we killed it. If you identify as a woman, femme, trans, or non-binary, CITR wants you on the air. You can talk about literally whatever you want as long as you care about it. No worries if you have no experience. We'll train you in everything you need to know. Come by CITR and say hi. Hey, hi, hello. From 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday to Friday to help us never play Led Zeppelin on CITR 101.9 FM ever again. I enjoy that PSA very much. Yeah, the, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to, to Dora. I think they made that one. Um, we just heard uh, The Curse by, by Sarah Jickling. Track three off of her new record, The Family Curse. That there's like, there's like a like a really sort of heavy, dark sound on this record that is new for you. Yeah, yeah. You almost kind of like, and there were moments there where you were almost like rapping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I cool. this is anger. Yeah, <laughs> there's so much anger um, coming out of me during the making of this this um, album and. Lots of things that I, you know, I guess haven't put into music before. And I think, uh, to be honest, a, a lot of it was inspired by Lemonade, by, by Beyonce. Yeah. She, she, you know, explored genres that she'd never, you know, or she didn't normally perform in, in that, in, in that album. And, and she, I, you know, I, I never felt like Beyonce was ever angry, really angry before I watched Lemonade. And yeah. It was so amazing. Cathartic. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, I can do this. I could be mad. Yeah. And isn't it great to to not carry that around anymore and get that out of your body? And that's totally what it was. Right. It, like it's, yeah. Even just writing the first song, I felt so much better. And just remembering that you can do it. Mm-hmm. That you have songs in you mm-hmm. and you can get them out of you. Uh, yeah. What a relief. Yeah. I'm excited to perform them. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I bet. Um, how, I mean, what, what, that, so when you wrote Saints, like how long ago are we talking? I don't know. Hard, hard to say. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's yeah. fine. Um, it was a while ago. Uh, but to be honest, not, hmm. Because I could think about when I went on that trip. But it was probably only uh, a year and a half ago or a year, to, a year ago, actually. Oh, yeah, that's not very long. No, I, th- yeah. I, I wrote this album, like, really quickly yeah. <laughs> um, because I had this idea that I, I needed to kind of get from song one to the forgiveness song. And, and I, I thought of it yeah. as, like, this will help me with everything this will help you know make my nightmares go away this will make my family you know whole again and I had all these ideas of what it was going to do so I was really like pushing 
for it. I mean, I mean, maybe it was two years ago because my memory is really bad, but it, no more than two years ago. Well, yeah, I mean, the the timeline actually isn't too important. I you you kind of alluded to what I was getting at, which was I, I had the suspicion that this was the kind of album that sort of poured out of you. You know, that that yeah. happened in quick succession once you started. Yeah, and there were a bunch of songs that were just half finished. And so then I actually, that's when I brought on other people to help me finish it. Um, and that was really, that was help, super helpful. Um, and also there was some, some of the songs I had written when I was in a really bad place. And I actually couldn't finish it um, until... I felt okay. So, so some of the songs were things that I'd revisited, that I was revisiting. Um, and now I could kind of insert anger into it because at the time, <laughs> yeah. a lot of them were just like, I'm a victim. I'm a victim. I, or I'm a bad person or I'm just, there's something wrong with me. And, and then yeah. I was able to add, oh wait, no, no, no. I'm going through a lot. Yeah, I was yeah. going through a lot. Yeah. And give myself some slack. You were you were dwelling on blame and shame and yeah, things like yeah, that. Yeah. And then you're like, no, wait, screw it. Yeah. Moving on to anger and mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> it sounds like the people that helped you acted almost like when I have people around me, like helping with my school and mm -hmm. helping, they act as if they're my like second brain, yeah. my outsider brain. Yeah. I, I think that it just... People who who um, kind of are on the same wavelength as you, they're they're often able to sort of say, like to to pick out the things that you're trying to say and and sort of put it more succinctly or, you know, and and um, or give me ideas of like you know, especially when Greg was helping me write because mm -hmm. he's been my partner for a while and so he's listened to me complain about all this stuff, so he knows exactly kind of what what. I, you know, what I say all the time, but I forget that I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. He, he knows how to like interpret mm -hmm. you. Yes. When your sort of outward self is not being as explicit as it mm -hmm. could be about how you feel. Yeah. 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 That's and just part. That's just good partner. Yeah, right? yeah. 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 I, I, am I right in assuming that he was the first collaborator you brought on um, for yeah. this project? Yes. No, actually. No. Oh. Um. So. I think, yeah, you know, so some of the songs, uh, some of the songs were actually written with Harley first. Harley Small yeah. is, um, he, he was actually, you know, a high school friend of mine. Oh, I didn't know that. So yeah, somebody, cool. someone that I've known forever. And I remember when we were in high school together he would say like sarah we can never lose touch we had like we were like really? you know we were we were both in bands and we did like battle of the bands and all sorts of like you know musical yeah. high school musical stuff yeah, yeah. uh and um and and so he i i was first saying like okay we're gonna work with harley because i knew it's hard to work with your partner Sure, uh, can be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to get in arguments and stuff like that. But yeah. in the end, I think Greg and I figured out how to work together without <laughs> killing each other. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, Harley's a gem. Yes, Harley is fantastic. In yeah, one of my oldest friends. Great. Um, cool. Well, let's uh, let's do another song. Okay. Let's see. 
Um, so I'm, I, I think we should play a song uh, that was produced by Laura Smith. Yeah, Cautionary Fun. Tale. Yeah. Cautionary produced, Tale. Produced by Laura Smith. Yeah. A lot of great people on this record. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cautionary Tale produced by Laura Smith. Uh, do you want to talk about it now a bit or do you want to listen to it first? Um, let's listen to it. We'll listen to it and then maybe share mm-hmm. our thoughts. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here it is. Cautionary Tale by Sarah Jickling and her good bad luck. I can't remember if I'm smart It's been so long since I passed a test of flying colors Letter grades were such a comfort I'm staring straight into the void I've gambled all I've got on a career in making noise I'm trying to listen to my inner voice I think I'm doing this wrong Am I supposed to feel like this? I think I'm doing this wrong. I think I'm doing this wrong. I think I'm doing this wrong. Am I supposed to feel like shit? I think I'm doing this wrong. I think I'm doing this wrong. I'm so good at making bad choices. I'm so Counting their blessings Cause their kids an accountant They can't believe my mom allowed it What if I got it all wrong? What if I made a mess of this? What if I got it all wrong? What if I got it all wrong? What if I got it all wrong? I'm so bad at this, I quit What if I got it all wrong? What if I got it all wrong?
like that outro. Thank you. Yeah, I love when songs have like a whole new, just like part four comes in. That's, we, yeah, we totally kind of came up with that on the spot. Um, It's something Laura Smith came up with actually, and she's like, you know, I just can't get this out of my head. The da 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 da. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, it reminds me of the Spice Girls, and I love it. (laughs) Oh, really? Which, which tune? The whole time we were trying to figure out which Spice Girls song, it, you know what? And I, and I can't can't tell you. Yeah, yeah, but that's just where there's a there's like a Spice Girls song that starts like that. Um, how how so? How did your collab with Laura Smith come about? Um, so I basically I had plans to collaborate with other people, and things fell through, and I was meeting up with Laura. Um, and basically complaining to her. <laughs> like just the hand. Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. like, oh no, Laura, what am I going to do? And she's like, well, I could I could produce one. You know, I, I might want to get into that. And I was like, yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and uh, then I had another producer um, drop out. And she, <laughs> while she was there, uh, like I answered the, I read the email and she's like, well, I guess I could produce that one too. <laughs> <laughs> and then she ended up producing a third. Um, yeah. Because we, and, and that was the third song, actually, that one um, that we just like had a lot of fun with. Uh, she did The Curse? Uh, no, she she did. Cautionary Tale was the third song she oh, produced. Oh, I see. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she did a great job. Yeah. She's a real talent. Shout out to Laura Smith for, yeah. for being great. She's awesome. Um. So for everyone listening home, if you're just joining us, uh, you're listening to Noise Complaint. I'm hanging out with Sarah Jickling of Sarah Jickling and her good bad luck. We have Allison Klein co-hosting from the Accessibility Collective. Sarah is releasing a brand new record on November 8th. It's called The Family Curse. It's at the review stage on Granville Island. It's like my favorite room in the city. Uh, Jody Glenham and Nim Kish are supporting her. Um, So, hey, if you're not doing anything on that Friday night, uh, this is the place to be. Uh, Sarah's giving us a tour of the record, and um, where where are we going to next? Well, I think I think we should play a hospital bed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this song. It, this is definitely the the darkest, and yet the most upbeat. This this okay. album gets sonically sonically upbeat sonically upbeat and lyrically darkest okay okay <laughs> it's the it's it has the strongest contrast yeah and which i think is what i'm all about i love i love upbeat sound paired with like yeah. devastating yeah lyrics. i just love this song to be honest like greg this he wrote an amazing chorus for me um and it's just like I'm having so much fun with it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. What inspired you to write this song? Oh, um, a trip to the hospital, uh, an overdose, actually. Yeah, yeah. So it was a it uh, came from a very dark place. It's a you know about sitting in the emergency room, um, and after after an overdose, I um, and just you know it it's. It's a very awful place to be. Sure. Um, and yet, and yet, somehow this song ended up having a lightness to it, and and it's really for anyone who, you know, who's had suicidal thoughts or self harm or anything like that. Just kind of, you know, like 
pushing through it and mm-hmm. and acknowledging that the hospital is a horrible place to be and the emergency room is terrible and the psych ward is terrible and and often the doctors don't are not very nice um and we need to make so many changes there uh and yet you can survive it okay that's great this is a hospital bed
it is it is upbeat but like especially during the verses there is there's still like a sort of pervasive darkness to it uh i think it's that the like low octave harmony that you put in there it kind of like it, i don't know it just it just signals darkness to me even though yeah. it's like quite yeah quite um up i guess upbeat yeah yeah it's uh yeah so it the song itself at first was all dark just like dark, I, dark, dark, I, dark, I played dark. it i played it on piano um by by myself um greg wasn't there he wasn't he wasn't there i played it by myself um i wrote it by myself and and when i originally showed it to people people were like Ugh. <laughs> like right. like overshare like this is a problem kind of yeah. thing yeah it made them yeah. uncomfortable yeah it did because i it was i was part of like a songwriting group and um we were given an assignment we were given some lyrics and uh this bef- when i was still very unstable um and i just wrote a melody to the lyrics and then my teacher was like that's an amazing melody you should Mm-hmm. you know how did you do that that's what she said how did you do that uh and then so then I went home and wrote my own lyrics to the melody and originally the lyrics were like pretty like pretty happy like it was about like a broken heart but it was like they're they were quite light yeah. but I had actually overdosed the weekend before and yeah. I was like I was stoned out of my mind on yeah. Seroquel I was like I couldn't barely walk and 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 so those are the lyrics I wrote. That wooziness definitely made it in. Yeah. Um, great tune. Thank you. Excellent song. Um, well, Sarah, we're just about out of time. We got time for one more song. Um, again, for everyone listening at home, this is Sarah Jickling and her Good Bad Luck. The show is on November eighth at uh, the Review Stage. What she's time? Re- she's releasing her new record, The Family Curse. What time are is the doors? The yeah. Um, I would say eight p.m. And if I actually knew, <laughs> it's a pretty safe guess. Yeah, yeah. The doors open at eight. Eight. Yeah. Let's just say eight. Uh, Jody Glennam and Nim Kish are on the bill. It's a great. It's a great bill. It's yeah. Excellent bill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sarah, thanks for for coming all the way out to CITR and hang out with thank with you, Allison. Sarah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And you being guys. so candid. Ah, uh, that's my thing. I don't yeah. know. No, I don't know. I don't know any other way to be. <laughs> that's great. It's good. Good. Um, uh, and we got uh, what do what do you want to send everybody home with? So uh, I I want I'd like to play better. It's the last song on the album. This is was supposed to be my forgiveness song, yeah. And it's a little. It's not. It's not quite forgiveness. It's more like. It's more of an empathy song. Okay. I'd say. All right. Well, this is better off of Sarah Jekling's new record, The Family Curse. <laughs> You don't have to apologize I'm old enough to empathize How did they get things so